All right. Uh, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly. And I'm excited to have Patrick Woodson on the phone today. Um, Patrick and I have not spoken before. I have had uh, his business partner, Van Nolentha, on the podcast. Um, and these guys have got an amazing, amazing, very memorable, unique um, place called Brewery Bavana in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's unlike anything you've ever seen, and Patrick and I will talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, but uh, it is just phenomenal, and if you go there once, you'll never forget being there uh, for all sorts of reasons. But, uh, Patrick, thank you for taking the time to do this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and the kind words about my spot. Oh, man. Uh, it's, um, it's a tremendous place. Well, first of all, so Patrick has a – uh, a young child who he has just uh, gotten down for a nap. Uh, so if you if you get you know if things go go awry and uh, you get the early wake up call, it's all good, man. Let me know, uh, and we won't we won't try to we won't make this too long. Um, but now, Brewery Bivana, okay, y'all, you've got this this place that's a, a you've got a brewery, you have a flower shop, you have books, uh, and then you have a dim sum restaurant all in there, and this amazing naturally lit just incredible place uh the design is just off the charts phenomenal and the beer is absolutely off the charts phenomenal too now you don't actually brew the beer there though do you is that right on on site uh yeah that's correct we um that's actually one of the most common questions because we have uh 20 beers available all year round um and then on top of that there's a lot of reserved vintage bottles so there's we produce quite a bit of beer and people always walk in and it's a large space as is i think we we have 206 seats total yeah but um you know the with the amount of food that we send out uh, a huge portion of that building is dedicated to the kitchen so people oftentimes guests will come in and we'll start doing the math and they're like how in the world are you brewing all this here <laughs> oh, no no uh, so we have actually just about a mile and a half down the road, um, a space that grew from about 8,000 square feet to now 30,000 square feet. Um, 30? And yeah. It's, oh my uh, God. It's, it's, it's quite, quite large. I, I never would have dreamt we would be at that, this stage now. Um, but we, uh, we produce everything down the road. Um, I've got a team of about eight on the brew staff. Um, and we also, one of the reasons it's quite, it's so large is we have a massive uh, barrel program. Um, mm. or possibly I, I'm, I'm never sure where the numbers lie, but I'm pretty certain we're, uh, the largest independently owned, uh, barrel program in North Carolina. Really? Okay. So you went from 8,000 to 30. Now bearing in mind, this has only been, a few years that you've been open correct yeah we uh we would have just celebrated our third anniversary at the end of march oh wow what okay uh, first i need to come see the actual brewery sometime if you'll let me but um what explain the layout there was this a, a building that y'all bought and you only needed eight thousand, or did you build onto it or what's the yeah um you know it's interesting because we 
Yeah, our sister restaurant, um, who Van and Van Visa, my business partner's own, Vita Mondo, which is uh, a wonderful restaurant right next door um, to Bavana. And so we got, we were very fortunate that uh, 218 South Blunt Street, which is where the restaurant is located, became available. Um, and Pete, the landlord there, who uh, formerly ran Tiernanog, which was an Irish pub that had been there for 25 years, uh, really wanted to make sure it went to somebody local, and he knew we were working on a, a project, so he came to us. So we couldn't have been more excited about that space. And um, uh, the original plan is was to put the brewery in there because it's it's it itself is about 8,000 square feet. It is it's big, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just serendipitously, we got a call at the same time from, another good friend of ours who had acquired a bunch of warehouse spaces down the road. And, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we went from trying to create a small brew pub to building a production brewery and a large restaurant all at the same time, which, mm. um, which, you know, in a lot of ways became a calculated decision because brew pubs themselves, you know, their biggest bottleneck is if they start to outgrow, they need to build a second space. So, we just kind of were crazy and swung for the fences, um, which is in a lot of ways what opened up the opportunity for us to really think about what else we could do with the restaurant space to, to you know, fill the vast <laughs> the vast quantity of space we had there, which uh, I think fortunately the Raleigh community as a whole, there's so many creative folks in and around our lives that it became really easy to start thinking about, okay, well maybe we'll, we'll have a flower shop and bring our, our good friend Dina and maybe we'll, you know, create a, a library and start selling books. Uh, and so it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and I always like to say, point out that there was never a meeting where we sat down and had a, had a, like drew up a business plan that was like, you know, it would be a great concept. Chinese food, <laughs> Belgian, what aged beer, flowers and, and books. Uh, it, so it just kind of all evolved because of the creative folks that are around us. Um, so that's, that's why it seems like such an odd combination, but fortunately uh, it has worked out and the greater Raleigh and North Carolina scene has been very welcoming and, from day one and really i think has uh, shown shown a lot of love for us which we're very grateful for well i have to say several years ago when van first told me what y'all were doing and it had gotten to that point because he he's yeah. he was all for <laughs> those things and i was like i mean i don't know what i'm doing i haven't owned a restaurant but i just thought wow Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, it's going to be interesting. A, <laughs> I bet yeah, you got yeah. a lot of that. But you know what's so interesting is that that's that's the thing about the creative process when you come up with something unique. There's no precedent for that. So nobody you don't have anything to base it on, so you're just kind of with this cognitive dissonance of going, "How in the heck does all that go together?" But folks, if you're listening to this, I highly encourage you Go to brewerybavana.com, B-H-A-V-A-N-A, brewerybavana.com. You'll see pictures of the space there. It is incredible, and it's beautiful, and it works. Like, you you hear those things, you're like, books and flat, like, it's so disparate. Like, how does that work? 
boy, these guys figured out how to make it work and make it work really well to the point that, you know, within like a year or so of y'all opening, if I'm not mistaken, Forbes named Brewery Bavana one of the top 10 hospitality uh, places to visit in the world. Um, and for good reason. And it's almost like a, I mean, I would imagine people come from all over that have heard about Brewery Bavana at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that was a pretty, that came out of nowhere for us. And uh, I, I think a lot of folks, a lot of restaurants have PR teams, but our crew is really, um, it's just, you know, Van Van Visa and I and our wonderful staff and that <laughs> we really had no clue that that was coming our way. And it, it's still to this day, it's pretty, pretty mind boggling to me. Um, and I think it definitely has uh, resulted in a lot of folks coming from all over the world that happen to be passing through the triangle, which is uh, always really fun. Um, I think our our staff is just phenomenal too, and the hospitality piece. Uh, we just get we hear so many great stories from from their perspective of the folks that they meet that are like, "Well, I read this, and so I had to come," um, which is really fascinating. Um, but Again, super uh, surprised that that happened, but incredibly grateful for the results of it. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, and I know this isn't y'all's plan, but I mean, you you could, with the right people in the right city, um, with the right intention, I mean, that concept is now something you've proven that works. You know, you or somebody else could do something like that in a, you know, a dense... um, you know, densely populated, big city, I mean, almost anywhere because it's just, it works so well. Um, and, and plus, I mean, let's face it, I mean, you, you've got, every part of it is tremendous from, you know, the hospitality to the design. Your your team of people is phenomenal. Your food is fantastic. And, and your beer, which is where you come in, man. So tell me about your beer because I've had multiple different kinds of your beer and I've always just, it's just, it's good. So, uh, what do you come to the beer process with and what's your, um, overall philosophy, I guess, about beer? Yeah. Uh, well, again, thanks for the kind words. Um, so I came to brewing, um, by, by accident. Uh, I like any good college student enjoyed, enjoyed my beer, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I think pretty early on, um, I dove deep into, uh, the craft beer scene, which we're talking back in the, uh, early two thousands. Uh, um, and growing up, my dad, uh, was a botanist and he homebrewed occasionally. So, uh, I, I like to tell the story of me turning 21 and I happened to be home from, uh, from college on break at that point. And he's like, all right, I'm going to teach you to brew cause you got to stop stealing my beer. <laughs> and so he, uh, he gave me a crash course in, in his method. Uh, and then I wound up, uh, going to grad school for, um, uh, fermentation sciences and biology, uh, really focused on biofuel production, but, I spent uh, a lot of time throughout college and grad school working in the hospitality industry on the restaurant side. But then uh, I slowly started brewing more and more at home. Um, So over the course of 10 years, I really 
kind of approached homebrewing from a, a very methodical scientific standpoint and uh <clears throat> and really fell in love with the process and the the interesting kind of duality of science and art that exists within it mm, uh yeah. especially when you start talking about wood aging beer that um you know so we do a lot of belgian inspired beers as well as hoppy new american ipa styles uh but the thing that i think i'm most passionate about in brewing is really the mystery of sticking beers into old wine barrels uh and letting them spend you know six months to a couple years and adding uh good bacteria to them that kind of for me blurs the line between the science portion of it which sure creating a recipe is 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 a creative process um and making a beer you know the typical way in stainless steel but then once you release it into barrels you're kind of taking it back to the wild and then for me that becomes more about the palate of myself and what i hope to get out of beer because you're not just taking one batch of beer and sticking it in a barrel you're sticking it in it you know we have over 300 barrels and fooders which are these massive massive barrels and and i love the aspect of uh, tasting different things, seeing where they're at, and blending them, and thinking almost like a chef does. Does this need more uh, acidity? Does this need more fruit? Does this need to be dry hopped? So, in a lot of ways, that that's more attuned or akin to a winemaker mm. when you blend than brewing per se. Um, but in terms of my philosophy, I think the main thing I'm always striving for is subtlety and nuance, and a lot of that's derived from kind of the sensory overload that Pavana is, uh, it's a lot to take in. You know, there's, you know, 20 some beers and the bookstore flower shop. And then our food, our chef is amazing. And, uh, our executive chef Lon's phenomenal, but then our exec, or our, uh, dim sum sous chef is just amazing too. And a lot of the cuisine itself is very, uh, specific to, small amounts of ingredients and repetition in terms of creating them. So there's not a lot of overpowering flavors. And I mean that in a, in, a, in a good way. So for me, brewing, thinking about people coming in and experiencing all that is Bavana, I want them to be able to taste a lot of the different foods, taste a lot of the different beers, and walk away from the table not having their palate like completely overwhelmed and um so a lot of that influences the amount of ingredients we're using, um, the amount, the type of flavor profiles, and how those balance well with the type of food we create. Um, and I, that I think that does certainly exists in the brewing world, but a lot of the American tradition of brewing is like, how can we put more hops in it? How can we get yeah. more fruit in it? Yeah. How can we make it more massive? And and that's. Uh, that's not really my wheelhouse. Gotcha, man. Okay. This is awesome. That's, yeah, I'm certainly not to say that that's wrong, a wrong brewing approach from other people's perspective. It's just not what I personally am striving for. Sure. And everybody, that's right. And there is no right or wrong. It's uh, it's what works for you and what drives you. So, well, you, you've created a great harmony there. That's for sure with all that stuff. It is a lot. It's. It, I mean, you know, there's a lot to take in, but y'all balance it so well. Um, 
So what's going on now because the you know the restaurants close if I'm correct you are not doing the takeout or curbside there so you yeah you aren't selling any beer off of those 20 different taps right now do you sell a lot to other restaurants and the grocery stores Yeah it's a I mean we all know it's a it's a weird tough time for private or independently owned restaurants and and breweries the same um we fortunately you know early on we focused very much on the restaurant experience itself and we're not really doing packaged beer um and a lot of that you know speaks to the style that i was brewing that i really wanted the beer to be experienced in the space itself with our food um as we grew um we we really took a slow kind of growth path to packaging so getting into cans and then also bottling a lot of these wood age beers that we do that take years to make um and only in the last probably year or so did we really focus on scaling and getting into some of some of the grocery store chains we've always been uh available kind of on a limited volume at uh restaurants and bars and bottle shops um you know raleigh and the greater triangle has such a phenomenal uh, restaurant scene and all of us for better or worse even though you know we're competitors we're all very close with each other and uh so fortunately you know we just have so many friends that uh have supported us and we've been we don't really go out there and you know fight for tap handles which some breweries have to do um but we also are not looking at that as a huge growth market for us um i will say that right now in our current circumstance i'm very glad that we pursued um several grocery store chains in the last six months before all of this happened and um we've seen huge growth in the last month or so uh with sales through places like whole foods and lowe's and wegmans and then i mean it's bizarre to me but we've even gotten calls from like walmart um and food line which uh is not to say anything against those places but i never would have imagined a world where (laughs) bavana beer would sell in a walmart um and also never imagined that we'd be getting calls from the buyers there as opposed to sending a sales rep to try and convince them um which i think also speaks volumes about the greater community all of those grocery store chains realize that they're uh some of the only places that a lot of these local breweries can sell so they've really got out of their way to make sure that they're buying um from all the folks around here which has been a huge help i think it's what's hopefully going to get a all through this process well you would th- look I'm I, get, I I would not have guessed that Walmart would call you but then again I'm not that surprised they they you know they run a, a good operation they're efficient and they probably I mean I'm assuming it would be on a regional basis or something like that but I mean look if you're them or Harris Teeter or Wegmans or whoever um, and you're sitting there thinking, gosh, all these brands that, you know, people can't access right now, like Brewery Bavana and all the other ones they love in, in this area, if we get it on the shelves, you know, it's a, that's a win for 
y'all, it's certainly a win for them. You get more people coming yeah. in and buy, you know, you go buy a 12 pack or a four pack or six pack of Brewery Bavana, you're going to wind up buying some other stuff too. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man. And I'm not surprised. How, how, I mean, how do those conversations go? Like, what, how do you decide whether to go put your beer in Walmart temporarily or long term? Like, what, what goes into yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question, particularly in this moment in time, because, I mean, uh, and again, I'm not speaking disparagingly about any of these big different grocery chains. It's just there's definitely, you know, very different demographics that shop at sure. certain places. Yeah. And um, a lot of the things we do because of the ingredients we use and because of the methods cost quite a bit more to produce. Uh, and that can be reflected you know in the final product so uh you know there's certain you know like a whole foods uh of hopes that somebody buying beer at whole foods is generally very different in terms of their their buying power than than a different grocery chain you know for instance so we used to think about that very much in terms of um making sure that we didn't wind up with products sitting on shelves, you know, just getting old. Um, but now the tables have really flipped and, uh, there's, there's a lot of people in this pandemic that are drinking a lot of beer. at home. I'm one of Um, them. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) But, uh, it's the, so it really, at this point, you know, we're, we're pretty open to, to selling to, anybody um we just in in the past uh it's not like we were excluding anyone but we had to think about our production volume and how much we can keep up um honestly right now the entire brewery is shut down and furloughed we're not producing more um and some of that i I, at this point i think that'll end here in the next week and we'll be able to start producing again. But in the lead up to kind of trying to gauge what was going to happen, we quickly moved everything that we usually would go into draft format that would go out to bars and restaurants and started canning everything. And my team worked incredibly hard for uh, those last few weeks to get things into a sellable format that, uh, because draft sales, they just, 100% 100% don't exist right now um, and that's like a, a national across the board because you know you can't go to bars um, so uh, we quickly pivoted to getting everything in cans and then had quite a large inventory and so re- rather than um, have our brew team sit around and not have anything to do and uh, we wanted to furlough them make sure that they could get in line for the stimulus package and then slowly decipher uh, what the PPP meant and how we could continue operations, which we're working on diligently on right now, Um, which I'm sure, you know, you've talked to a lot of different folks. It's it's, everybody has a different, different answer every day. And even, even with Congress. So it's, it's ever developing. It, it is ever developing. It's been a it's been a tough um, setup for independent restaurants as it is. I'm, I'm hopeful this stuff is fluid and will change. It's challenging to 
take money that you have to spend in two months and 75% on payroll when you're not even open. Um, so, but I I think that, you know, hopefully that'll change and you know, we have to hope for the best with that. Um, well, I think the demographics of a lot of these chains that you may not have typically thought of have changed a little bit too. I mean, there's people that are trying to, you know, limit the number of places they go to. So they go somewhere that's got all kinds of stuff because they don't want to go here to get this and there to get that. Um, I mean, we're, we're in that boat, my family, for sure. We've, we've changed, um, a, a lot of things about the way we procure what we need for the house. So, um, well, one more thing, and I, I'll let you go. Uh, although I could literally talk to you for hours, I could tell, Patrick, and I can't wait to actually sit down and have a beer with you one day. Um, tell me about your your team. How's everybody holding up right now? Uh, they're good. Um, you know, I'm staying in touch with them as much as possible. Um, you know, and that includes, I mean, e- e- even with Vitamondo, which – you know, I glowingly call our sister restaurant, but I have no ownership in, but everybody that works there, I consider family too. We, um, you know, we have a lot of employees, uh, between the two spaces, uh, over 200. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster to, to, you know, have to sit down with all of them and explain the situation. But, uh, fortunately we're doing, we've been able to do a lot to, have like weekly family meals that they stop by and pick up. We get a chance to see them uh, from a distance and, you know, but just touch base and make sure everybody's doing well. And I think the end of the day, uh, our staff is, is just phenomenal and really knows that our goal is to make sure that they have a job to come back to. And that's everything we're doing right now is to make sure that that is a reality. Um, and and a lot of that played into, you know, I think a lot of folks are confused why we wouldn't do curbside pickup or delivery. And most of that has to do with the uh, complexity of the cuisine we make and how many people we'd need in the building to get it done properly and then get it out to folks. And, and I know a lot of uh, really great restaurants have figured that out. And uh, we did do it for... Uh, a trial run of it and realized, okay, we could work out a lot of these kinks and figure it out and make sure it's as safe as possible. But then we really kind of had a gut check with our team and, and, and just decided that I think it was in the best interest of the safety of our staff and the community at large um, to hold off on it and wait till things get better and then reevaluate because, I mean, for better or worse, we just had a lot of people that showed up that day that wanted Bavana, which was uh, flattering, but it also just is, there's a business owner aspect of it, but then there's also the, uh, you know, the, the community as a whole that we had to think about. So it just didn't make sense for us. Um, and I know a lot of folks out there that are doing it really well, very efficiently and very safely, uh, just for our style of food and it, it just wasn't possible. Uh, all that is to say that, uh, our staff is doing well. Um, and the brew team is, you know, who I have constant connection with. And I think they're all, uh, anxious 
anxious to get back making beer because it's what they all love to do as well. So um, I think uh, hopefully we'll see this through pretty soon, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back probably with a vengeance with, with a lot of creativity. Well, yeah, it's, it's certainly, you already had a lot of that, you and Van and Van Beesen and everybody there, you're, you'll come back with even more because it's just, it's forcing us all to be really thoughtful right now. And well, frankly, we have a lot of time to collect our thoughts and be creative. Um, well, listen, Patrick, I'll let you roll. I know that nap time may not be too long. You probably got other stuff to do before, uh, uh, daddy duty takes over again. So, uh, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for the business. Thanks for all that y'all do, uh, the way you do it. And we really appreciate the opportunity to, um, have you on here, man. And I, I just thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, a good, uh, break from watching toy story, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, and, um, We'll hopefully get to share a beer soon. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Patrick. Yep. All right, take care. Bye.